0: Welcome to RAS Talk, the podcast on recirculating aquaculture systems and sustainable food production. Brought to you by RAS Tech, the premier publication for RAS professionals. This podcast is sponsored by Innovacy. Innovacy, aquatic solutions built for life. Welcome to this episode of RAS Talk. My name is Katerina Muya, Raz Talk co host and the new editor of Raz Tech Magazine. I'm very happy to announce that the fall 2021 digital issue of Raz Tech Magazine is now available on our website, raztechmagazine.com. Be sure to check out this issue for the industry's latest news, projects, and insight from the industry professionals. I am joined today by my co host, Brian Vincy, director of the Conservation Fund's Freshwater Institute.
1: Thanks, Kat. You know, in past RAS Talk episodes, we have spent a lot of time talking about land-based salmon farming with various project proponents, investors, investor groups, suppliers, designers, and researchers about the state of that industry and its future. However, salmon isn't at the top of the global aquaculture production list by any means. That spot belongs to grass carp, followed closely by white-legged shrimp, according to FAO's 2020 report on World Fisheries and Aquaculture. Both grass carp production and shrimp production are more than twice the amount of salmon produced globally. And recently, there have been reports of land-based shrimp RAS being planned, like Swiss shrimp. So it is a great time to focus on RAS for land-based shrimp production and talk with an industry expert in our guest, Patrick Wood.
0: Thanks, Brian. Patrick Wood is a global consultant and expert on shrimp production, technology, and innovation. He has an extensive background in the sector, having experience to the CEO level on large-scale aquaculture production operations, seafood processing and export facilities, business-to-business seafood sales, marketing, and supply chain logistics. Patrick has extensive sector experience in Upstream, including raw material inputs, quality assurance, HACCP, traceability, transparency, sustainability, ethical trading, standards, and certifications. Patrick's experience in downstream is also extensive, including sales and markets, responsible sourcing, business protocols and implementation, value addition, R&D within processing, packing, export, import, distribution, retail, and food service.
2: So welcome, Patrick. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, Brian and Kat, for inviting me here.
1: I'd like to get back to my uh, initial comment about the amount of shrimp that's produced and the movement to uh, reduce imports in the U.S. and globally with local production. And I was doing some reading in Erner Berry, um, which is a seafood data company in the U.S., and they reported in their summer issue of Reporter that the United States imported a record 1.65 billion pounds of shrimp in 2020 the seventh straight year of increasing shrimp imports our listeners have heard me talk about how much salmon the us imports but 1.65 billion pounds of shrimp is 80% more than the us salmon imports in 2020 that's a lot of shrimp coming to the us from india indonesia ecuador vietnam and thailand it seems to me like there's a huge opportunity for growing shrimp in the us using land-based ras given the huge trade deficit we have patrick do you think that's true
2: well it, it certainly is um let's go back very quickly to the actual history of shrimp farming um and if you look back 40 years when i started in the industry it was um all about taking seed from the wild and uh, in the, a, and and then putting into shrimp farms growing shrimp farms and and this this was all done in tropical countries ecuador was a leader and at that time we were looking for a, a shrimp that we could uh, domesticates and this is uh, when we came in with the the Vaname shrimp the white pacific shrimp which was a prime candidate for closing the cycle and domestication domestication and what happened is that the, the industry in the in the 80s was concentrating on expanding in in extensive ways in 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 the what one would call uh, the green culture in ponds outdoor ponds this led to this, uh, like I said, search for a domestication. And then in the 1980s, it was a uh, late 1980s, it was, it was all about domestication, domesticating the species. Now, with that, one must remember that this shrimp is a tropical shrimp. It's not one that is easily grown in a in a market country uh, like Europe or the U.S. So bearing that in mind, the expansion uh, of the shrimp industry was all related to a surface area expansion, growing, getting more hectares. And, and then in the 1990s, it moved across to uh, Southeast Asia, uh, with the vaname, and it started uh, on the route of what, what one would call, with the, with the domesticated vaname, what one would call uh, the intensification. Um, and this was because in Southeast Asia, the uh, vaname was being grown in uh, lined ponds, not earthen ponds. And then the, the start of using aeration. So the intensification came along. And this is all again in the tropical countries servicing the Western uh, markets. Now, with that, what happened was that the, the production uh, growth meant that there was a pressure in, in, in growing the markets as well. So there was all this, all that you can eat, shrimp and stuff that was going on. And the markets grew as well. What, what eventually happened is that this vaname became more of a, a commodity-grown shrimp. So this is where the prices start coming down, and it gets, it got increasingly, well, what was the rationale of somebody growing shrimp in a market, uh, close to close to the market? There was no rationale, because it was so easy and uh, to grow in the tropical countries. And this is where people were making their money. I mean, shrimp farmers made a lot of money, in, and they still do, growing shrimp in the tropical countries. Now, with shrimp aquaculture, the the, the original systems were uh, grown green, what one would call green water shrimp culture with algae and everything, extensively, like mentioned. As the intensification came along and the aeration came along, um, this was followed up with what one would consider the biofloc system, which is a brown water culture. And this was the possibility of growing more intensively shrimp in in a system, not the green water, the brown water. And this is reflected a lot now in the technology. The problem we had, I I started working with um, back about 20 years ago in looking at the possibility of doing RAS with uh, with shrimp, um, supplying markets in in Denmark with equipment. And we looked at this um, RAS for, for shrimp and it became very clear that that the rs technology as such is pretty much defined and well known it, you can, it, it's proven rs is proven and there are sort of three different ways i'd say cons- considered to be the ways that rs can work and one is the green water system one is the brown water system and one is the clear water or blue water system so what you're doing is you're you're recirculating water through a system if you're going through the green water system, your bioremediation is done by uh, by algae and things like that. And even in Ecuador, when there were disease problems in Ecuador, some people closed their farms totally and recirculated the water. That I've heard stories of 600 hectares being recirculated, which is a green water under a green water system. Then the brown water, which is the bioflock, um and that's now also happening in ras well it happened from the very beginning really was the the bacterial biofloc which is the brown water and then now recently you've got the other ras systems which are using uh electro water filtration more mechanical systems for filtering so there's there's a sort of three areas that the three types the green water the brown water and the clear water, blue water. Those are the ways that we're seeing with the RAS uh, advancing, but also it's happening in the culture. Because one thing is clear, RAS tech is proven. We know it works. Everyone knows can do it, it can work. But the problem with the shrimp tech is that there's uh, there's no proven intensification on the shrimp. Shrimp, are don't forget, shrimp are benthic, they're tropical when you're growing them in a, in an environment like in a, in a, in a, in a country like the US or the Europe you have to think about the the climate control the temperature um recirculating the temperature may, has to be done otherwise you're losing a lot of energy so RAS here makes perfect sense but it's not about the RAS it's about how do we intensify shrimp because they're benthic they go to the bottom they you know they're they're not they're not grown like like um like fish in the old days semi-intensive was pretty much one ton per hectare then when the industry moved to southeast asia got more intensive with the aeration and now we're looking at bioflock which is hitting five kilos a cubic meter or 50 tons a hectare per year now That is the probably the limitation on the bioflock because you're growing a bacteria. The brown water system is growing a bacteria. You're you're effectively growing your shrimp in a biofilter with bioflock. So, but there, there it is limited. Nobody's managed to get really much higher than that per per cubic meter. However, that said, with RAS tech, the ability and this is where sustainability comes along as. As people started looking at sustainability, closing the cycle, climate control, it became one of the the things that became very important is how do we intensify? Because shrimp need intensification to justify all this. And there are ways of doing it. People have, oh, you can grow shrimp in 10 centimeters of water, let's do a stacked system. Let's, uh, uh, you know, the stacked system would would provide uh, 10 layers or eight layers of shrimp, or people would do other ways of doing with lots of aeration. Uh, and this is happening, but the intensification is um, part of what is required now, and part of what's happening in the in the in the decade to follow. I see this intensiv- intensification is happening, and is going to happen as as people pile in. Now that you, people say, "Well, what about shrimp farmers?" They don't. They don't. Shrimp farmers and shrimp experts are not doing this. They're not going to countries like the U.S. or Europe. They're not going to those countries to grow shrimp. Why? Because they make enough money doing it in, in the tropical countries. Um, that said, there's people who, and myself included, who we've gone through all this, we've gone through 40 years of doing shrimp farm. We think, what, right? What's the next challenge? Yes, RAS is a challenge, but it's again, it's not about the RAS technology. The recirculating bit is known. It's more about how do we intensify the shrimp. And then there's the second thing: the feed. How do we get the right feed for the shrimp? It sounds like Um, the
1: imports from the various countries, Ecuador, India, and and the like are doing just fine. But to really have this be local production to the various markets, as you said, Europe or the US, that has to be at a very intensive level. So, um, you know, contrasting with the pond culture, uh, you know, so many kilos per hectare, we're going to, I think, start talking about oh how many kilos per you know cubic meter of water volume that kind of thing but it, it it sounds like you're saying well to do it in the US you really have to do it very intensively to, or or Europe or close to the market you have to yeah. do it int-
2: intensively
1: and and that's well, where you, you get into the shrimp RAS technologies.
2: Exactly. You have to you have to definitely crack the culture system. It's not c- cracking the RAS system, it's cracking how shrimp can be grown intensively. And that means yes going to a cubic meter not a square meter culture system, 3D instead of 2D. Um, and, and, and that can be done in a variety of ways, uh, the, the, you know, there's people doing that already. And here's the other thing, it's all about the market as well. well you know, you're, you're competing against a commodity product. So to do that, you really have to have something that differentiates your your product. So that could either be, oh, it's fresh, or it could be size, fresh, live. Um, and, and that is so important to get the market right. If you don't have the market, then then you're not going to be able to do much with your product. But going back to that, there's a very interesting part of the whole thing, the way the shrimp grows. First of all, like I said, it was tropical shrimp, so the warm water. So really in a, in a climate control recirculating system, it makes sense. You're not losing the energy. Uh, biofloc doesn't work really in that sort of system because you are um, you 80 percent of your energy uh, is used to grow bacteria, not to grow the shrimp. And even though you're bringing down with biofilter, you're bringing down the food conversion, you're still trying to grow bacteria, not the shrimp. The way forward we're seeing in the industry is more about using the clear water, blue water, where you take the water out uh, of the system, you recirculate it and recirculating it through either a green, a brown, a, bio, a, a, a biofilter, and a bioremediation of algae or an electro or whatever system you want to you have nowadays to filter and then bringing the water back in in a clear water environment and then putting in the compounded feed that covers all the requirements and the added um, micronutrients or the the minerals into the water Um, and then you're running on a clear water system. And, and this is where the the intensification of the use of the shrimp toilet is being used to take out your you know flush out your 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 um, wastes but recirculating the waste through the system. however, there's something very interesting in all this in is that the the shrimp have this exponential growth curve so over you know over 90 120 days first you know first 30 60 days, they're pretty flat in their growth, you know, from post larvae to three grams, five grams, it takes, takes you the, the you know, 60, 45, 60 days. But then from 45 to 60, from the 45 days on 60 days on to harvest 90, 120 days, that's very fast up to 25 grams. So taking advantage of this exponential growth curve is very important. And that's where you start using the pre-grow out or the nursery, then so you save space, and then you switch them into a uh, an area where they, they have a uh, the fast growth potential. Um, and these tend, the, the way we're seeing it, yes, it's definitely more clear water is helping a lot more to do that. And then I go back to the other thing, which is the feed. Everyone keeps saying, oh, look at the feed. And we, we see all these videos of shrimp eating feed, benthic, they go to the bottom to eat the feed. And we see them eating all this feed, but they're taking this pellet and they're crunching it up and they're, you know, plumes of, a material coming off, and they're ingesting a bit of the feed. But shrimp do not swallow pellets; they're too big. So you know, we're we're working very closely on a, on a on a system where we think it's much more important to give them a feed that they can ingest, not necessarily a pellet, which is great for fish; they'll swallow it, and you know, it's inside their body. Shrimp don't have that. So the the the, the latest stuff is looking at, at things like um, well, how can I say, it? protein shake, you know, or, or a soup more than an actual pellet in for the intensification process so there's the t- there's the the challenges are in, in our as in tech is get your market right which means that you know you have to be either close to a market and get a good price for your product make sure you can intensify how are you going to intensify BioFlock is limiting to 5 kilos uh, a cubic meter but i mean you know we can we're talking about going to 10 or 20 in the clear water system and then the third thing is about the feed you know, intensification feed and uh, the markets. Get those things cracked. The RAS is, you know, the RAS is proven. We've seen that for, for the last 20 years, the RAS is, is is feasible. So when people talk about RAS, it's not about sustainability. The, you know, sustainability and RAS are separate things. The move to RAS tech is important for um, sustainability in the sense that, You're controlling systems, but there's a lot of shrimp farmers. And this is where you have the worry about, you know, the Ecuador. Ecuador can probably in the next 10 years, Ecuador could double their production because they don't use aeration right now. And they're pretty much sustainable in their business. It's been going for 40 years. They've, you know, they've they've understood the problems, the errors, and they're now sustainable, but they can increase their production. So that would be the commodity side, which means be careful with the markets. You know, you can't compete against the commodity products.
0: So Patrick, you did go over a lot of different technologies there, which is great um, to see that there is so much technology available for shrimp ras production. In your experience, um, do you have like a preference or has any of them kind of proven to be more successful technologies than the other?
2: No, but each one is incremental. When we first started, like I said, it was like, oh, let's grow the shrimp in a pond. Then we came along with the domestication and and, and able to get the seed year-round, which increased, of, of course, having seed all the year-round means that you can get production all the year-round. Then the uh, Southeast Asia became uh, into the aeration, and then from Belize came out the biofloc stuff, and that then went to Southeast Asia. So they're all incremental growth in the same thing. In the end, there's not one technology... I'd say, well, let's put it this way. It's all down to economics, isn't it, really? I mean, if you have the market and you can sell it and you can produce and that's it. There's not sort of something. But again, going back to it, it is about intensification and about feed um, and having the right market. So I'm not going to be able to pinpoint, and say, yeah, that's the technology. Look, uh, you uh, you know, we mentioned things like uh, CP. They're doing that uh, project in in Florida. Um, they've been in the business a long time. I mean, Robbins did the the Biofloc stuff, and now they're going to start doing the 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 their round pond, their their round ponds, their shrimp toilet systems in the U.S. Now that because they've got the genetics as well, genetics is going to help everybody in the industry. It's not like genetics is going to solve RAS take. No, RAS take, like I said, it's known quantity. It's a known entity. It's more about let's get the husbandry right. And the husbandry is again, how are you gonna intensify? Um, you know, we've got a couple of systems, uh, methods we're working very hard on and they are giving good results. And one of them is how we're moving from 2D to 3D. We've managed to move our shrimp and increase the density with a 3D system, which is, is, is working very well. And now we're working very hard on getting the right feed because we think the pellet feed, although it's a compounded complete diet, It just doesn't mechanically you know it's mechanical and 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 the 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 intensification a lot about the intensification is not about the species itself well it is it's about the species with the shrimp but it's more about physically how to make them uh grow in in a 3d system
1: that's really good insight on the incremental nature of the improvement of the ras technology uh, over the last 40 years um, you've mentioned the the blue and and the green and, and the biofloc uh, technologies and that, you know, it's, it's pretty well established that, but now you really have to get the culture right for the intensive RAS um, technology in, in salmon and trout RAS. We feel pretty confident about how the technology works, uh, but then we'll see a huge mortality event in the industry and we'll wonder what's going on and and I do think uh, some of this comes down to operations and, uh, and culture methods and things like that. So if you had to say, what what was the, what was would be the biggest area for improvement
2: in um, shrimp grass production? Well, the, the, there isn't that much shrimp grass right now. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say that the, the, an improvement is needed. Uh, it, it's, it's how you're going to do something that works for your market and, and economically disease to me is not an issue disease can be combated with correct husbandry and feed and you're with an ras you're excluding the diseases anyway so that's also one reason going to ras is all you want to exclude diseases but to be honest with you Uh, When you're growing in Ecuador or Southeast Asia, diseases are very manageable nowadays. I mean, if not, the price of shrimp wouldn't be what it is right now, which is pretty cheap. If there was a big disease, you'd be getting expensive shrimp, and you're not. So, um, you know, and and diseases have become manageable with the correct feed and the correct husbandry. RAS um, excludes that, um, that, which is great, and people have to concentrate then on um, their culture system uh, for their market. Whether it's whether it's uh, in uh, using a bioflock, I mean, yes, you can do you can do you can grow your shrimp in a bioflock system. But then again, you know, each tank then in a bioflock, each tank is its own RAS almost. It's like growing shrimp in a biofilter. Uh, each tank in bioflock in a bioflock system is its own RAS. And in the end, a lot of people in Southeast Asia they they grow in a biofloc system, but then they flush all the water away and start again in a new culture. So how RAS is that? It's the RAS while it's working while it's growing the shrimp. But at the end of the culture, they harvest the shrimp and then start again and maybe you know save some of the water to put back in to seed their tanks or their ponds. Um, so it's not you know I wouldn't consider RAS. I'd you know I'd consider RAS take more in a building closed and climate controlled because the next thing somebody's going to say well what about the gases you know shrimp uh in a, in a in a tank there must be gases coming off so those gases that, that are coming out of the tank do we you know uh, from the biological oxygen that the, the shrimp are needing and bacteria gives off a lot of a lot of you know uh, uh gases those need also to be controlled to be truly sustainable truly ras it's not just about the water maybe the you know, so, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. It's it's a fantastic, um, you know, there's great potential, of course, in the market and everyone's piling into it. Don't forget, shrimp have been land-based for a long time. It's not like the salmon industry that's offshore and then decided to come land-based. Shrimp has always been land-based. There's You've never grown shrimp offshore at all. It's always been land-based and controlled. Hatcheries have been a lot of the time We we recycle the water in our maturation systems for the last thirty years because we keep the hormones in the water, and therefore they mature faster. Uh, So you know it's uh, there's a it's exciting times, but a lot of it to do in RAS tech is about the aquaculture engineering relative to the species. And again, going back to the same thing is to get the is to get the to intensify, make sure you've got the right feed, make sure you've got the right market, and then those are the three factors you've got to be very Closely aware of
0: uh, Patrick, I did want to ask you. Going back to the bioflock uh, technology for shrimp production, so what has been the best example of a successful bioflock system for shrimp that you've encountered?
2: One that has consistently delivered the the the, the shrimp uh, the, a, a year in, year out, and they tend to be more in in right now in places like Vietnam. Um, in, in 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 southeast southeast asia it, it it's about doing day in day out well every culture having the same production um it, it, biofloc is biofloc is biofloc it's just a system of of degradating de- degrading the 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 wastes the shrimp waste you, you put the feed in the pond the shrimp eat the eat the food the waste that comes out is is degraded by bacteria. And what you're doing there is you're conditioning the water in the pond. The bioflocs are grown from the bacteria that that, that come out. Uh, And so you don't need to do much water exchange there. And that is because maybe you don't have very good water quality already. So you keep all your system within the tank. The important thing about biofloc, and it works Yeah, you get 50 tons a hectare. And it works day in, day out for people in India, for wherever. And they tend to be there's not one country, one person, one company that does it especially well. They all do it exactly the, the same because everyone talks to each other about it almost, you know. And the, the thing about it is aeration is the important thing. It's it, you need so much aeration in your bioflock. Um, and you know, there's people who have bioflock with a central sump, or that if uh afterwards taking the sludge out, or there's bioflock with uh well, it all, all tends to be with aeration. So there's not one successful. The actual industry, this is the difference between the salmon and the shrimp industry. Shrimp industry is globally fragmented. There's thousands of players in it. There's no one dominating company. You know, even the biggest shrimp farm in the world, CP, is a, is a minnow compared to the industry. Okay, so there's not one dominating company. that says, oh, we've got the right technology. We know how to do it. Bioflock is done across a swathe of, of of and then there's all the other people who don't do bioflock but still produce shrimp and still economically, so you know, and then genetics is put piling in with shrimp growing faster. Uh, there's the faster strains, the disease resistant strains. Um, so it's, it's hard to say, you know, one there's no I can't pinpoint one bioflock. I can just tell you that bioflock works, mm-hmm. but it's not the most intensive and it's not really apt for doing in um western countries by a flock unless you're because it is quite labor intent you need to be on the ball on the ponds um not like a clear water system where you can take all the water out treat it and put the water back check that the water is going back correctly and giving a complete diet compound feed diet into the or into the pot tank Bioflock is more about you know making sure that you've got the right bacteria you're growing the bacteria it's a double culture so patrick
1: um, you mentioned earlier that bioflock systems have uh, improved the intensification up to five kilos. Uh, I think per cubic meter or square meter, which one? Oh, cubic meter, cubic, cubic meter. meter. So, yeah.
2: So one hectare, say one hectare has uh, of a depth of one meter. You're talking fifty tons. You mentioned that the blue water systems
1: might be able to quadruple that, double or quadruple that. And I wonder, um, do you think it, with the genetics and potentially uh, different feeding or better feeding, be able to improve the bioflock to ten kilos per cubic meter? Or do the producers who want to do this local to the market have to go to a blue water system? What's your thoughts there?
2: Well, I, I think the bioflock for 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 feeding, what happens with the bioflock? All you're doing is 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 sort of. Um, Degrading the the, the wastes uh, with the bacteria, and then they form the flocks. So there's not going to be uh, there. there is, it is limiting. It is limited, and it is limiting. I mean, some people might be able to get eight kilos one off. You know, next next time they get six kilos, but the, and then they get four kilos. The average being five kilos. But there's you know, with bioflock, it it seems like, um, or for all what we've seen, it, it's been limited to that to that amount. Um, but then again, you know, you never know. Somebody might say, "Oh, well, we've got you know new technology, or, or or we've got something new that we're going to put in, and things will change." But definitely, the intensification of Southeast Asian industry is going to, you know, bioflock and aeration with bioflock, and that's it. Um, but they're not going to get up to, you know, I mean, five kilos a cubic kilo meter. I mean, fish go to much more than that. Uh, why can't shrimp? Why? Because they're benthic and they go to the way you throw pellet into a pond and it goes to the bottom you throw it into a tank it goes to the bottom unless you can get that to be suspended in the in the in the water column they're going to go to the bottom when they go to the bottom they they're getting uh, mixing up with their own excrement they're mixing up with other shrimp they're increasing in density so um what we're, we what we've done is we've de- developed a system where the shrimp are being cultured in a 3D system um in 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 a, in a RAS so that's gonna make the difference because we can get up to uh, from 10 kilos and we, we're targeting 20 kilos a cubic meter. Um, but then Patrick, genetics does play a part as well.
1: Patrick, before we uh, jump into some thoughts about the discussion about the industry and its growth, you've mentioned um, the 3D type system. And I just, on the details of that, I was curious, and you also mentioned Stacks, <coughs> uh, RAS earlier. I was wondering if you meant three D like in a deep, a single deep tank, or would these be multiple tanks, or what, what does that mean 3D? three D?
2: Three D is where they're, they're, it's in a single tank. A, a biofloc system, you put enough aeration in, and the the shrimp are in a in a constant. You know, they 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 can't be beat the 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 movement of the water from heavy aeration so you're keeping them like in a in a washing machine tumbles all all around yeah which is the, the basis of Bioflot, keeping them in that sort of and they keep them separate that way that they don't all congregate to one place um because mechanically physically it's a, it's a physical thing it's you know aquaculture engineering they, they they get moved around so they're not on top of each other if you had a static system or used a pond uh, ordinary pond with with paddle, for example, paddle wheel aeration, they'll all go to the bottom because they can swim better than you know the paddle wheel, so they'll go to the bottom. So and then that's where you get the intensive. Gear. That's why it's pretty much limiting, you know, limited rather. Um, so no, it's not stacked. I know, you know, we know about systems where they're stacked. It was something that was done out at Texas A and M. They said, well, they only need ten centimeters to grow in shrimp. That's all they need. Because they're benthic, so let's put you know stacked tanks. Now this is a different system that we've developed, and it includes uh, obviously you know the latest thing is this nano nano bubble technology aeration. Right. So we've been, we've 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 incorporated a specific type of nano bubble with our system, but also it's a three D nano bubble. So the nano bubble is very important because it's it it's great for keeping the bacterial vibrio counts down, but it also Transfers oxygen pretty well into the system, or air, air and oxygen. Um, but we don't use an ox- we don't use a nano bubble generator. We have a different system to create our um, our nano bubbles. But right. it's also part of the intensification of the system. Aeration is the intensification, and it's because of the bacterial demand of the shrimp in a bioflock. Eighty percent of the bacterial, eighty percent of the oxygen demand is for the bacteria, not for the shrimp. So, you know, we sort of, we, we came across, we, uh, we came, we thought, well, no, we don't want to be growing bacteria necessarily because all we're doing with the bacteria in a bioflock is um, uh, de- destroying, uh, degrad- degrading the waste. Um, that's all it's doing. And, and all it does is help us bring our feed conversion down by uh, 10, 15%. That's good, but that's great to bring that feed conversion down with bioflock but uh, then again the energy that we're inputting is going towards the bacteria not to actually the shrimp growth um but the one of the most important things again is the feed because the feed industry obviously we start when I started 40 years ago it was we bought a chicken we bought a chicken factory ch- pellet mill and we're making chicken feed for the shrimp and it hasn't changed from that and i can understand because it's logistically getting sacks of feed to somebody and feeding pellets and feeding this and that and the others is, is makes you know, sense logistically and, and for selling feed. But for a shrimp, it doesn't make much sense um, to have a feed. You know, they spend a lot of energy just breaking up the feed.
0: Patrick, we would like to get a little bit of your insight in the industry overall. Um, we have seen a boom in the land-based salmon RAS over the past five years. Do you see a similar boom um, happening for shrimp RAS in the next five years?
2: Oh, uh, yes, definitely there's going to be a boom, but I don't think the boom is, it's it's not going to be a boom compared to uh, the salmon industry in the sense that, yes, there will be players getting into the RAS tech, but, you know, the shrimp experts, uh, the people in the shrimp industry, they may, you know, enough money is made in uh, growing shrimp in uh, countries where the temperature is adequate and stuff like that so yes there's going to be a boom if you can call it a boom but um, you know and I'm still waiting for the salmon RAS tech to, to, be, to be proven because you say five years there's been a boom but you've got to wait another five years to see how many fail or how many you get you know because it's still I think it's still pretty nascent to be honest with you and, and and so yes there is going to be a a boom and there's going to be people piling in money why because it's new technology it's sustainable you know it's sexy it's it's you know latest technology and if if people get their marketing right then it's going to be successful of course and the marketing will have to reflect the culture technology being used um but then they're going to come up against the commodity uh shrimp which is ever going down in price you know it's you know and People like Cargill, you know, and, and and who have Cargill and the big guys who are doing ADM and stuff like that. It's just protein conversion. I got into the industry, it's protein conversion. How do we make this thing become this thing? You know, from soya or whatever to something on a plate that people like the, the taste of, you know, it's just protein conversion. So it's about the efficiency of the protein conversion for the majority. It's still going to be a niche market for the next five years people are going to pile into it and they already are you know we've got quite a lot of interest here in europe already um you know continually getting interest but and you know i think it's going to take five years before somebody's going to say okay it's actually cracked the technology is actually actually proven uh to, to because because you know it's it's great people can have lots of ideas they say oh, we're going to do ras and then and then you know four. In the UK, just in the UK, fail four failed projects, you know, and a lot of people have their projects fail. I never got into the RAS system. I got into selling equipment twenty years ago, and I got into wanting to understand what RS was all about. When we were selling equipment to the eel guys in Denmark, we tried to look at let's do a shrimp. We had a few. We had one project in Japan, RS project in Japan twenty years ago. We had two in China, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. I'm going to back off this for the moment until we can crack the intensification and the feed side of the business and recently with nanobubbles uh, you know and and and, and our latest uh, developments we're seeing that yes we can intensify um, and 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 i'm sure technology will advance and in 5 years somebody else will come and say oh hang on a minute why not add this in you know i'm very keen on the on on cracking the feed side of the business because like i said i think it's just not it's not very not very shrimp friendly at all right now
1: your optimism is great on the sector. Um, I want to probe you a little bit on something you said related to this. You said uh, shrimp is different than the salmon industry, and and salmon um, there's a few big players, you know, maybe a half a dozen. Uh, but in shrimp, you said there's literally, I think you said thousands, but you, many players, right? And and even the biggest CP you said was a, was a minnow. So do you think? That before we see the you know the, a huge boom, that we would see any consolidation in the in the industry, or um, you know what what part of the industry might change to better facilitate uh, RAS for shrimp?
2: Yeah, I uh, th- th- I don't think there'll be consolidation. You know, I, I was a buyer. But, you know, it's not in the interest of the downstream to consolidate at all. If I you know, when I was a buyer for supermarket retail supermarket in the UK, I I didn't want consolidation i preferred you know talking to one guy um in ecuador and he gave me a price and i said well hang on a minute and i'll go to thailand and say oh he gave me another price and then i'd come you know i'd be one off against the other to get a better price for me you know so hopefully there won't be a consolidation there are vertically integrated operations of course like the big the, probably you know somebody like cp they are vertically integrated but also Pescanova. they have their own shrimp farms and they have their own distribution downstream um so consolidation but still again like i said they're not big when you look at the whole overall global industry too many players so consolidation i doubt it's going to happen and i hope it doesn't happen because then we'll get down maybe we'll get, get the same problem like in the salmon and tuna industry where there was this price fixing stuff and you know all that stuff that was going on i don't think it's going to happen there's not going to be consolidation a lot of people who are entering into RAS tech tend to be people who like the idea and, and, and the technology, but they're not in, in, in shrimp anyway. They're not the shrimp experts. Like I said before, the shrimp experts they don't need they don't need to get involved because they're making lots of money in shrimp anyway already. So the people that are getting doing the shrimp even here in Europe. They're not the shrimp experts, but they're people who are able to make the economics work um, in in the production. And, and and it is a niche market and the, the, and a niche market that does need to be addressed yes people still like the idea of getting fresh shrimp they still say oh well i want fresh because i'm guaranteed that it's you know fresh and i'm guaranteed it's not frozen i'm guaranteed that there's no antibiotics and i'm guaranteed that there's there's no you know hanky panky but my answer to that is honestly just buy certified. And I'm sure, you know, you can buy certified and you'll see that, you know, if you buy certified ASC I mean, you can even buy Sylvie culture shrimp, you know, shrimp grown in, in, in Vietnam in mangroves from low density, you can get organic shrimp certified. Um, so, you know, if people are worried about all those things, get certified. Fresh frozen is something else, but the f- frozen technology has, has advanced tremendously over the last 25 years. And in fact, when you sell somebody a fresh shrimp, you say, "Well, what do you mean fresh? Was it you know? Is it live? Live, I can understand. Fresh, maybe it's two years two days old, and two day old fresh is probably not as good quality as a frozen that you defrost then and there that you know was frozen alive, or even was frozen you know six hours after it was harvested. Technology's changing, so you know. I mean, uh, but but you know, if people say, "Oh, I want to have complete control of my supply chain," Well, you can have complete control of your supply chain right now, you know, if you really wanted to, you can, you know, go back to your, you know, you get it probably certified, you can send your inspectors in. This is what we used to do, go all the way up the, up the upstream and even mm. visit, you know, your, your ice maker in your processing plant, you go to your shrimp farm, you go and visit your shrimp farm, you can have nowadays, you know, cameras, you can have... Uh, blockchain, you can have, uh, you, then you say, what about the feed? Oh, I want to know all about the feed. Let's go to the feed manufacturer. You go visit the feed manufacturer. You know, there are standards nowadays, but people seem to use a lot the, oh, well, yeah, we don't know how it's being grown in Southeast Asia, full of chemicals and slave trade. um In Ecuador, eh, it's totally different. In Ecuador, they, you know, there are standards that they, they withhold, with up, uphold. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're going to have to be competing against. Or, if you own your own distribution, if I owned a restaurant chain in the us, I'd say, well, maybe I do want my own trim because i can I can do uh, transfer pricing, you know I can you know pay whatever price I want, and I as long as you know I'm covering all my my bases, then so that's the other thing you know, like I said, Pesca Nova is is hundred percent you know uh, vertically integrated down to you know having their own distribution, having their own Outlets in in Europe. So, and, 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 you know, Thai Union from Thailand, they they own red lobster, Darden restaurants. So they could probably say, oh, you know, we guarantee our shrimp this way and that way. They could sell it at one price or whatever price they want, really, as long as it covers. So there's, you know, a lot of potential.
0: So Patrick, you did mention earlier that you know a lot more people are investing in, in RAS shrimp uh, production. In our own reporting, we have identified at least four companies that are planning shrimp farms in the US based on RAS. Uh, so this includes Natural Shrimp, True Shrimp, Homegrown Shrimp USA, and Arizona Desert Shrimp. Um, do you think any one of these companies have more of an advantage uh, that makes him, them more likely to succeed?
2: Oh, 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 homeland probably. That's the uh, CP guys, isn't it? It is. When you've spent two hundred fifty million dollars on genetics, shrimp genetics, then yes. Um, plus they've got the you know they've got the top guy who 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 you know uh, Robbins McIntosh, He's the guy who developed Biofloc as such in Belize. So yes, they are, but he's going to run it probably without any shrimp experts because they've got the system tried and tested and, you know, and they're they're putting their, you know, they're putting a a toe into it there. But yeah, they're they're, they're the ones that probably most likely to succeed. Natural shrimp have their, uh, I think they have their EWS system, uh, electro water separation patented, which is more like a clear water system. Um, and I'm sure they'll they'll have that technology. And if they got the right market, then I'm sure they'll they'll succeed as well. True shrimp, um, not so sure how they're doing right now. I think they're and then I'm not I'm I don't know about the Arizona one, but then there's a lot of small RAS guys. You know, there's about hundred hundred people in the US that do shrimp at small level. There's one guy, I think Midland, he does he bi remediates with algae, not with bi with not with uh, bacteria. He does an RAS, but with algae not bacterial life, uh, bacterial research so there's there's a lot of people but a very small more like garage level like you know a lot of players like that so yeah that
1: that's uh that's jackson and you know he originally uh at midland and he was originally interested in, in trout and salmon rass and, and we spoke with him for a few years and then he had this idea that you know try the algae as you say and um, I think, you know, he's scaled up to a small pilot now and he's having yep. rel- relatively good results. And yeah, but I, I that's, mean, for
2: bi- that's for bioremediation. That's not he's not growing them. That's the, to me, that's more like using the green. Like I said, there's green, brown and clear or blue. And he's using the green to, to rem- remediate his in his brass. He's not using the bacterial bioflop. Uh, sorry, bacterial biofilter. Let me get right. it right there. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. So and and. You know, you've described these three types of systems and, and talked about the incremental intensification. Um, but I'm just trying to distill some of this. It sounds like really you're thinking that the blue water with the, the even more intensification will, will probably be the the technology that um, is,
2: uh I would say
1: most dominant. Is it is that true?
2: Yes, I think that's the one that's gonna that's you know, it's the one that's gonna take forward the industry to get it intensive. Uh, because of the 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 the, the way that bioflock the bioflock biofloc technology for culture is growing your shrimp in a you know, in a in a that is limiting because of the bacterial load and and, and energy and stuff like that. Um, so yes, definitely the the clear blue water system, if you if you like, is what's going to be the one to go forward to take it from the next level. That's not to say that it will be a technology that will work in uh, places like Vietnam or Southeast Asia or Ecuador, but they still have so much potential to intensify under current conditions anyway. Um, you know, the even Ecuador can can double its production over the next 10 years without even entering into that sort of realm of, of RAS or whatever. And they will be flooding the market as the as the market demands. But right now the market's not demanding because your price is so low. So, you know, it's, it's you know, demand, supply and demand, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's it's niche market right now for RAS products, but um, will it compete with commodity? I doubt it. It will be able to, um, but that's not what it's meant to do anyway. So, you know, local is local. And if you can go in and catch your own shrimp and eat them there and then, you know, even people like, you know, you look at one of, you know, the guys who have export a lot of broodstock. stock, Uh, from florida they're now growing their own shrimp as well and they've got a what is it they've got sort of a a a food truck and they're growing their own shrimp and doing a food truck and they're selling their shrimp in their food truck so eventually they'll grow as well uh, using their own seed and their own you know their own production yeah so it's your marketing model
1: I, i can't disagree with you that it's definitely a commodity but um, as someone who just had uh, shrimp on the barbecue last night, we paid eight ninety nine a pound at the grocery store. So um, oh my God. Yeah, so we don't see that that price necessarily uh, low at the at the retail. I, I gotta say, Patrick, I think we'll end there. Um, you've been tremendously uh, informative. Our listeners will so much appreciate um, hearing all of your expertise. and um, I want to thank you for sharing your time and expertise with our listeners. Cap.
0: Yes, thank you so much Patrick uh, for being our guest on this episode of Raz Talk. Uh, for our listeners, don't forget that you can catch up to the past episodes of the Raz Talk podcast by visiting raztechmagazine.com. Until next time, be well. This podcast is sponsored by Innovacy. Innovacy, aquatic solutions built for life.